Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here for another week. This time we go way back to 1993 with Winger's third studio album, Pull. Uh, a random pull if it had not been for the Prague Power announcement, I'm sure. But we will get there and all things Winger very shortly. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I guess it's not that random as we uh, went back into our uh, request list and found that our friend Rich mostly who uh, requested the previous album that we discussed T-Ride uh, also had this on his list uh, a bit further down. Um, we would have mentioned it last week had we realized. Uh, so, um, but yeah, uh, so I guess it's not that uh, random that they were chosen for prog power. Uh, looking back at somebody on this list of requests that we have, uh, I had requested it previously. So, um, interesting. It's a really interesting choice and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it, but uh, I am, I'm good. I think I'm finally starting to feel uh, like human again, not from the sense of being sick, but just, uh, just the, the levels of tiredness that follow uh, prog power. Um, But uh, yeah, uh, good to go. And, like uh, looking forward to going, getting back to our usual, uh, you know, format. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, uh, it's it felt like uh, last week was about a month, but now uh, I'm starting to get back into the groove and um, spent quite a bit of time with this album, which uh, we will get to momentarily. But before we do, anything new and exciting that kind of caught your ear outside of uh, you know Winger's third effort. Yeah, I would definitely, as as usual, point to our uh, playlists on Spotify. Uh, I jumped in there and actually did a little bit of a, a cleaning, a little fall cleaning, if you will. I guess spring, if you're rich, um, <laughs> but uh, a little fall cleaning. Um, uh, moved some of the random playlists into their kind of own uh, area, whatever, and added our latest. I think I had two more of mine, one of yours, uh, and... Uh, You'll find on mine that there is a new track from Axenstar, um, and it, the track's called Heavenly Symphony. Um, the, the, this is a band that um, we talked about when we did our uh, Keepers of Jericho Part 2 um, Halloween tribute album. Uh, I believe we did that back in October of last year. My God, it's going to be almost a year, huh? Um, Crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, but... Um, they are um that that's how i discovered them with their very excellent uh cover of uh, i believe it was twilight of the gods and um that's how i discovered them they're they're a band out of uh sweden um they have not released an album since 2019's end of all hope so i'm kind of hoping that this uh single is a uh, step towards a full-length album. As of right now, there's no pre-orders or anything. It's just a standalone single. But I thought it was a very good song. Um, and I am excited to hear uh, what else the band has in store for us. It, hopefully there will be uh, more. But um, you had a chance to listen to this as well. What did you think? You know, it's funny. I, I've always thought this band was underrated and like kind of thought they would be in that new wave of like early 2000s stars to break out. I thought that their cover on that Halloween disc was one of the better covers on the disc. I know I said that when we spoke about it. And also, I just thought that their early releases were very good for, you know, melodic, you know, power metal. I think they hail out of Sweden. 
this was a good single. I mean, like, I'm not going to say it knocked my socks off, but it made me want to hear the rest of the album. And I, I, if the album is like this, it's going to be a very, very good release. It's nice to hear new music from them. They don't put out things very often, but when they do, it's something that, uh, you know, I definitely want to hear. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Thanks for bringing it to my attention. I honestly had no idea that they were releasing new music. Yeah, I find I found that like Matt, the vocalist Magnus uh, Winterwild, I believe, is uh, his name. The the vocals are not as distinct as they were back in the early days. They're a little more. I don't know how to explain it. Just a little more uh, laid back. Um, but um, still, I thought this was really good. And you know, this is definitely my style that I um, that I really enjoy. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought this was a, a good a step in the right direction. Um, you know that that they're making more music. Um, have you had a chance to listen to? I, I think we mentioned it two weeks ago, uh, but it hadn't been released yet. Uh, have you had a chance to listen to the Stream of Passion? Uh, I guess it's kind of like a reunion EP. Uh, Beautiful Warrior. Um, it, it, it's. Uh, you know, you, 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 the old saying, bringing the band back together, it's uh, exactly what they did. I thought that they had uh, set sail on, you know, whatever was next, but uh, I guess the uh, they weren't done. Um, so I was curious what you thought about these, uh, I believe there were five tracks on this EP. I was happy you brought this up. If you hadn't, I was actually going to pitch it to you, ironically enough. I did listen to it. I actually listened to it earlier today. I was really excited to hear that this was coming out. I have become a real fan, um, maybe a little late to the party, but I'm a real fan of Marcella Bovio's vocals. And I think that whenever she puts something out, solo material, black horse, white horse, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, whatever she does, I'm like a big fan of. And like to hear that she was coming back out with a stream of passion EP, I'm, I was all about it. And I thought it was good. I, I didn't think it was great. It didn't knock my socks off. But still, hearing her sing is is always a treat for me. Uh, I want to go back to it. I only listened to it once, but I, I, I'm definitely going to give it another spin, and I did enjoy it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay. And I just wanted to um, I correct myself or just add to what I was about Accent Story. There is a uh, an album, uh, Chapter 8, it's going to be called. It's, it's set to be released December 1st of this year. Um, it, it, I don't think it's available for pre-order yet, but they are releasing a full-length album. So I had a... a kind of a brain fart on that one but yes um that's the plan for them and yeah i enjoyed the stream of passion ep as as well um you know i wasn't blown away either i feel like 
uh, for me, the, the, the earlier, the first two stream of passion albums that where, you know, Aaron was, um, assisting with the songwriting were a little bit stronger than, um, future material because I mean, let's face it. It's like one of the greatest, you know, prog songwriters ever. Um, but you know, the band has remained uh, super solid even since then. And, and this is kind of in the same, uh, ballpark for me. So I, I was just glad to hear that they were still around. I don't know what the, if this was a one-off or if there's future plans, but, uh, it was really nice to hear, uh, Marcella again. And, um, uh, it was, it was just, uh, like comfort food, you know, it was just nice to hear. Um, and I guess one other thing I'll mention is, uh, you know, we talk a lot about Ronnie Atkins, uh, singer from Pretty Maids. Um, he's got a, I guess this will be his third solo album. It's going to be called Trinity. Uh, that's, it's going to come out later this year. And, uh, he released a single, if you can dream it, you can do it. Uh, as I always say about Ronnie, uh, it's nothing unexpected, but it's, um, it's just always good to hear his voice. And, um, I'm not sure if he writes these songs or, or whatnot, but they're always very, uh, uh, frontiersy, if you will, just, uh, melodic and catchy and enjoyable. So, uh, I, I, as always, I, I really enjoyed his previous two solo albums and I'm looking forward to, uh, this third one. I haven't heard this single, but my God, has he been busy with, uh, all the stuff that he's doing that's not pretty maids related in any way but the solo albums have been very solid um who's ever helping with the songwriting is doing a very good job and it lends to his vocal stylings exceptionally well so always good to hear new stuff from him uh i i just wanted to mention two albums that came out recently that I, i'd be remiss not to mention for for different reasons really the first is Subsignal, a Prague Power alum, came out with a new album, a poetry, um, I believe it's called The Poetry of Raw, if I am not mistaken. I'll verify that right now. But I bring this up because, oh, I'm sorry, a poetry of rain, a poetry of rain. That w- What's funny about this is I've not heard an album come out with so little fanfare as I did this album in a long time. I stumbled upon this. I had no idea they were releasing a new album. All of a sudden, I, I saw, oh, new sub-single. I, I have to check this out. And it was very good. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think that it's something I'm going to go back and listen to again. They just have such a clean, accessible sound that it's like a very easy listen for me. And I was shocked that because, again, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say you didn't know this was out either. I Nobody's talking about this. And I, and I think it's a – I think that's an – you know, a – you know, kind of an oversight on a lot of people's parts. And I don't know, whoever's managing the band, got to get the word out because people should be hearing this. Well, uh, thankfully they have us. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I, I had no idea that they had a new album. Um, just, uh, yeah, uh, usually I will come across somebody uh, posting it about it on social media or just the band itself. But um yeah, missed this completely. So uh, I'll, I, I, I'll have to give it a listen based on your uh, ugh, high recommendation. Um, but yeah, uh, just completely. Uh, I, I may have had you not said anything. I may have gone to the end of the year and just not knowing that. And that happens. I mean, you can't you can't catch everything as as much as 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 much as you try. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it, it's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that it, it was a, an enjoyable album. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. And um, to that end, I got one more for you. Are you are you familiar with a band called Shadow Strike? Uh, I sure am. Uh, they are uh, out of Long Island. If I uh, 
I'm uh, not mistaken. Um, you are not mistaken. They they just came out with a new album called Traveler's Tales. And I got to be honest with you, when I listened to it, the, the first thing I thought was Euro power metal. They are doing a really good job of, of kind of capturing that Euro sound, that upbeat, symphonic, almost Rhapsody-esque sound. And it's just shocking to, to hear that they are from our, home, you know, our hometown and, and where I still currently live. Um, definitely something I think you should check out. I liked it. I think you will go bonkers for this album. Yeah, the, I really enjoyed their last album, Legends of Human Spirit. Um, I'm pretty sure I had mentioned it at some point on the podcast, although it might have been before, uh, man, I don't know, it might have been before we even began the podcast, but I remember um, liking it quite a bit. Yeah, it came out in 2019. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, but I think really my only complaint was that I, I didn't love the uh, production. Uh, so I'm curious, I, I had I had heard the uh, first single or two from this new album and, and liked it quite a bit. So I'm hoping the rest of the album lives up to the uh lives up to the hype but uh yeah uh, i'm friends with matt um of, of the band on uh facebook and uh i i have had these these guys on my radar i think they have played at mad with power at some point if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong on that um it would make sense since they're a power metal band and they're from the u.s but uh yeah, um, I definitely. I didn't realize the album had come out, so I'll have to give that. Uh, have to give that a listen. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I like this band, and uh, I'm glad to hear you mention them. I, I think that they are due for like an opening slot on a power metal tour. If if they play live, I don't even know. Um, if not, I would love to see them as like a local one off, just because I'm I'm curious to see if they can do this in a live setting because. It's a lot. There's a there's a lot there. They play quite fast, um, and and that could go one of two ways live. But I'd be curious to see it. So anyway, new music from Shadow Strike. Check it out. I'll p- try to post the song this week so people can hear it. Um, and I think that brings us to the matter at hand. An album from Winger called Pull. As I said, May eighteenth, nineteen ninety three. Three years after uh, their prior release, if I'm not mistaken, in the heart of the young, and and I say that to say, I don't think you would have selected this album in a million years had they not been picked for Prog Power this year. Um, is that fair to say? I I wouldn't be able to pick it because I would never have heard of it. Um, <laughs> I I didn't really know that. Um, winger did anything outside of the those first couple albums during the 80s um uh, to be you know I, I did know uh three songs and it probably won't come uh to a big surprise as to which three songs those were uh but um it would be uh 17 and headed for a heartbreak from their uh debut uh self-titled album from 1988 and easy come easy go from their second album in the heart of the young, which came out in 1990, uh, knew those three songs quite well. Um, I think we have the monsters of rock, uh, you know, uh, time life CD collection <laughs> commercials from the eighties to, to thank for that. I, I think that's how the song 17. Did you like up- that song? I mean, like, obviously you were familiar with it, but would you say like, Oh yeah, I'm, I, I'm a fan of that song. Or was it just like, you it's know, it's not a bad song. It's, it, it's cringy as hell. Um, you oh, know, yeah. in, in retrospect, uh, but it's a catchy tune. I think easy come easy go is a better, 
better tune uh personally and you know headed for a heartbreak i think is like a just your classic uh hair metal glam glam rock you know power ballad um i think that one i remember from the monster ballads commercial um <laughs> and that's probably why i had those songs i think i i i did own the monsters of rock uh cd i, I think i bought it at the wall at some point just because there was a lot of songs that i liked already like uh we're not going to take it by twisted sister um, but then there were, you know, songs by, you know, Winger and Warrant and, and Rat and, and stuff that I um, wasn't as familiar with. And so I wanted to, um, you know, have a, an album of some of those songs. Uh, it, it was during a time where I was, uh, you know, getting more into metal and it was like, you know, trying to learn more about uh, some of the, the bands that had come before um you know th- this uh, this album had you know all the 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 heavy hitters you know come on feel the noise by quiet riot and once bitten twice shy by great white and poison by alice cooper i remember that one was a big hit in our circle uh final countdown by europe and uh you know um white snake poison living color you know, uh, Judas Priest, Cinderella, 38 Special, Autograph, Night Ranger, like just, just you know, uh, all heavy hitters, in my opinion. And then they would release a, uh, a a sequel to that called Monster Madness, and that would have, you know, Dr. Feelgood by Motley Crue and Unskinny Bop by Poison and I Remember You from Skid Row. And so that, that like, these albums were an intro for me into a lot of these bands um that's how i found out about firehouse with uh don't treat me bad which is still one of my all-time favorite uh you know songs from that era and, i and, i uh, want to cut you off there for one second i love firehouse i would actually I, I, I gotta pick them one of these weeks they have some like surprisingly good material and I, ironically enough i used to listen to a lot of that when i was in fourth grade but that's a story for for next week Oh, bye bye, baby, bye bye. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and another one too, a band I had no clue about was Giant. Uh, that song "I'll See You in My Dreams" is like what such a fantastic uh, power ballad. Um, and this and this also was the album that had "Easy Come, Easy Go" on it by Winger, and that's kind of how I um, became familiar with that song. Um, had also had "In My Dreams" by uh, Dokken, um, which I think was my first. Um, taste of Dokken as well so like really a lot of these bands um this was kind of my first uh foray into them uh, including uh um you know uh what do you call it alumni of the podcast faith no more because uh, epic was also on this uh second album so yeah that's kind of my little background on uh, what i knew about winger but you know clearly um i didn't realize i, I mean in all honesty i kind of assumed that most of these bands um, kind of quieted down going into the '90s, or or broke up, or whatever, um, or or in Motley Crue's case, retired 400 times. But hmm. um, I just wasn't really aware that um, Winger still existed, and if so, uh, what they sounded like. And so this was, I think, um, a really interesting uh, case study, if you will, as to uh, what one of these bands is, you know, did uh, after the the hair slash glam period kind of died off um you know it's interesting to see that um you know some bands tried to keep keep it going and to to not much fanfare and other bands were like well 
let's do something a bit different. And that I feel like is what winger did here. They, they made an album that I don't think anyone would confuse with those previous two records. So, um, it's an interesting choice. And I was definitely taken by surprise when they were announced, uh, to be playing at Prague Power next year, because much like many people, you know, you equate this band with, you know, that Monsters of Rock CD or or Stuart from Beavis and Butthead wearing the winger shirt and, and then making fun of him because, you know, they, they have the, their Metallica and ACDC shirts and like, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. And, and I, I have some quotes from some, you know, some, some people that I think might, uh, sway people's opinions if they um, think that you know this was like you know ill-fitting or or a poor choice or didn't make any sense. Um, that was the main reason why I wanted to do this in the first place. Was you know I wanted to know why uh, you know Glenn chose this because uh, obviously you know I don't think he's going to pick something that you know is outright not going to fit in with the festival and there, you know, has been um, many bands over the years that have played the festival that don't fit exactly in that power prog box. But I think that's what makes it fun is that like, you know, we spent almost two hours last week talking about a number of different bands, no two similar, um, you know, just very different. You know, you, you talk about a band like, you know, uh, <laughs> battle beast and then a band like you know uh halo effect you know it's very different bands and that's kind of the appeal of this festival so i was a little i found it a little strange that people reacted so negatively about this and i and i think it probably just has a lot to do with preconceived notions about what this band is about i think that you summed it up perfectly in a little preamble on your social media page today when you said (laughs) and i quote I did not have listening to Winger while doing yard work on my 2023 bingo card. And I have to agree with you. I did not either. But I'm glad you picked this because I've heard this album before. Um, I think I've listened to it twice. uh, And I think I listened to it twice um, earlier this year, as a matter of fact. But I didn't pay it too much mind. And when they were announced for the fest, I figured at some point I would be doing a deep dive and no better time than the present. And I have to say that my, my opinion has changed quite a bit. I, I, I will not take issue, but I will say that I think some of these tracks could have easily fit on some of their earlier releases. Um, and they did kind of have that 80s, late 80s, you know, power ballad feel to them. But at the same time, a lot of this stuff was very different. And I think that that is really a function of these musicians. And I, and I say that with the utmost respect, whether it's Kip Winger with the guitars and the bass and the keyboards, Red Beach, who's just a monster guitar player, and and drummer extraordinaire Rod Morgenstein, who's worked with the likes of Jordan Rudis and others. The reason I think that these musicians put out those couple of albums in the beginning was to kind of cash in, right? You know, they had the look, they certainly had the chops, and they certainly did well for themselves getting in just at the tail end where this stuff was kind of you know, yielding to, to Nirvana in many ways. But by 93, the ship had left the station. Nirvana was out. All the bands had kind of been like, you know, 
taken a back seat. I mean, you know, you mentioned Firehouse earlier. You mentioned a dozen other bands. You know, these bands were not doing well in 1993. So I think that what you saw on this album was three musicians who had the chops to do more kind of pushed the envelope a little bit. It wasn't like they came out with a black metal album. I'm not I'm not suggesting that. Like I said, I, I think some of this stuff would have fit nicely on the first two albums, but you can see that they started to push boundaries. And I think that that's, for me, more of an appeal. Not that I don't like the 80s stuff. I mean, we, we did the Dokken episode in the archives probably over a year and a half ago now. I love Dokken. I think that they're a great band. But with this stuff, um, I like the fact that they were kind of pushing the envelope a little bit and, and kind of getting out of their comfort zone. And honestly, it's something they needed to do because if they would have released – you know, if they would have come out with, uh, you know, the self-titled album part two in 1993, I don't know that it would have sold any copies because at that point, um, In Utero was not far behind and, and Nevermind was was in, in the consciousness of everyone. Yeah, I mean, that's really uh, perfectly stated. Um, I, you know, we have, uh, like I I'd mentioned earlier, um, <laughs> uh, Rich had requested this so at the uh last minute and sorry rich uh i asked if he would um provide a few words as as he eloquently did for t-ride two weeks ago he uh as he was walking into area the arion show uh over in europe um he graced us with a few words just in time and uh i will uh share those with you now but uh it definitely um echoes uh some of the things that you had just said um Rich says, I really liked the first two Winger albums. Uh, Red Beach was an early guitar hero to 15-year-old me. Then the grunge thing obviously happened. A lot of bands in the late 80s tried to adapt but were left behind. No one wanted glam anymore, and everyone could tell that uh, bands that tried to change their sound were unauthentic. Fans and labels weren't buying it. And then there was a band like Winger who got a bit heavier and added a bit of a proggier flavor probably fueled by the fact that they were unfairly a joke band thanks to Beavis and Butthead and that Metallica vid. Uh, They probably decided uh, to flex their musical muscle and show what they could do. Reb was a badass guitar player. Rod M was the drummer from Dixie Dregs, and Kip was also a very capable musician and has since proved it with his classical Grammy nominations in recent years. I think with Pull, they made the album they wanted to make, and it became a bit of a cult album as a result. Uh, Musos loved it, and it still satisfied those not entirely ready to leave the 80s behind. Um, I think that was uh, really well said. It kind of, what you said kind of reminded me of, I remember hearing about uh, when Papa Roach came on the the scene, they talked about how um, they just wanted to be like a straight-up metal band, but because new metal was all the rage at the time, they were like, well, let's make a new metal album, and maybe we'll get on the radar. And, And so, you know, maybe that's what winger was trying to do in the in the 80s maybe they weren't really a glam metal band maybe they were just a uh, a prog band dressed as a glam metal band uh just trying to get their foot in the door um who's to who's to say really uh but um these these albums are always so interesting to me because like when a band is kind of pigeonholed as something and, and really it, it was two albums they've released a number of albums since then so you know the glam part is probably of just a very small part of their history. Um, but I mean, that's what they're known for. And I think it'll be cool. I think that, um, they're definitely going to open some eyes, uh, going both into Prague power and at Prague power next year when they 
perform this album in its, in its entirety. And uh, I presume being that it's not the longest album in the world, they'll probably be playing uh, some more songs um, to, you know, uh, fill out the set. I would have to think they're going to play the three hits that you mentioned earlier, as well as some of the songs from their new album, Seven, which came out earlier this year. Um, I, I gave that a listen, actually, and it's it's it didn't really grab me, but I, I didn't spend a lot of time with it. But I had multiple people telling me that, like, you got to go back to it. It's a really great album, et cetera. So I have a feeling that that's kind of what this set is going to look like, right? It's going to be pull. It's going to be you know, the classics, and then it's going to be some new stuff as well, just to sprinkle in if, if I was a betting man. But yeah, this is, um, this is going to be a fun conversation. And, and I should note that in the, in the grand scheme of things for 1993, this album actually charted, I believe. And I think it was, came in at number 83 on the billboard charts, which is really high for a band that was really, you know, not out of Seattle at the time, right? This is not Soundgarden. This is not Pearl Jam. And yet here are these guys from the Northeast still charting with their third album. Now, it didn't have the, the critical acclaim, if you will, uh, as, as the first two albums, but they're still it's still a heavy hitter. And many fans of the band would argue it's their best. So um should be an interesting conversation. And, and obviously the first time that you heard it. And, and what I found interesting is that when you kind of look at some of the stuff that's out there, and I'll just go to Wikipedia as an example, when they classify this album, right, in terms of like pigeonholing it, they say hard rock, which I would completely agree. They say heavy metal, which I would completely agree, or at least in spots. Then they say glam metal, which I would completely agree. And then they say progressive metal, which is, you know, I think what Glenn's appeal is as a, as a guy who loves prog music. And I hear it in spots. I, I don't think it permeates every song throughout, but there's definitely some progier stuff here. And I'll try to point it out along the way just because I did take note of it. But yeah, that's kind of what you're looking at. You're looking at like a progressive hard rock album with with glam overtones in, in many ways. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And that's kind of the impression I got listening to it, where to me, it didn't feel like they um, completely uh, dropped some of the um, glam and hair metal kind of vibe to it. And in a lot of ways, there were parts of it that reminded me of of what we discussed with T-Ride where um, it had those kind of like uh, layered vocals. And that reminded me, I I think I compared that compared it to like Def Leppard and that kind of sound. And that's still here. um, But it's kind of that, if you want to call it cheesiness of that era, I feel like that part of it is not really here. Um, it's definitely more of a, a serious, uh, a serious album and, and not as, um, I don't know there's always like a little bit of a, I guess playfulness maybe would be the best way of putting it. Um, some people might say goofy or cheesy. Um, I, I always really liked the, the, uh, the, the kind of glam and hair metal era. I didn't really grow up with it, but I grew to really enjoy it going back and listening to all of those uh, bands that I had mentioned earlier. And I look forward to talking about so, some more of them in, uh, in, in long form in the future. Um, but uh, yeah, this was just, I really, like I said last week, like I um, hadn't legit not heard a note outside of, uh, Glenn's video announcement. So, like, I had no idea what to expect, but based on what I had heard, I really wasn't expecting this to sound like uh, 17 or easy come, easy go. And and so I, I don't think it was 
terribly shocking uh, to me that that it wasn't you know more in that vein. Yeah, and and I guess with that, I think that's a nice segue for kind of getting into it because um, I don't know that there's a better example of not sounding like those first two albums than there is with the opening track, Blind Revolution Mad. This song is heavier. It's kind of aggressive in many ways. It was not something you would have heard on those first two albums. Not not so much in the intro. I think that that acoustic guitar, you know, which you're going to hear a lot on this album, um, you know, it, it's 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 th- that's kind of one thing. And then they get into when the when the song really kicks off, it, it has a different vibe than that '80s glam rock thing. And and this is an excellent opener. The vocals have such passion and feeling behind them. You can really tell that Kip is like kind of going all out here and kind of letting loose a little bit, not as polished in many ways as he was on, I think those, you know, at least that, which I know from the first two albums. Um, but, you know, after about two minutes, the band just kicks off and it becomes into one of the progier tunes on the album. And, and quite frankly, a favorite of mine as a result, because it's very hard. It has a skid row feel during the verses, which I'm a sucker for. I happen to really like that sleazy sound um, in many ways. And you mentioned one of the staples on this album, great backing vocals, which I think will come off exceptionally well live just because I love when you have two or three musicians on stage kind of acting as an additional instrument in many ways with those with those backing vocals. I'm a fan of this track. I really like this one a lot. I liked it too. It um, it starts off like really chill. Yes. Um, and yes. I was like, I was wondering, is like this just going to be like a whole, you know, five minute intro chat track that's just really mellow and just kind of like, okay, we're going to start out just like easy win, and then we'll we'll rock you out on the next track. But yeah, like you said, you know, a, a little bit under two minutes into the song, the uh, the electric guitars kick in and the drums come on in and, and it really it picks up. This was one of my uh, favorite songs on the album. I, I'm I'm still a little uh, unsure what my song of the week is going to be. I, I found that um, it was hard to choose. I didn't. I don't know that there was anything that really stood out above and beyond the rest. Um, but this is cool, and I, I also think that this is if this is how they're going to open up the show is by just starting with pull and playing it straight through and then doing whatever else for the second half of the set, this is going to be a really cool way to just open up a live show just because I like the, I I like the idea that it it starts out slow and then it kind of kicks up a notch and um, it, you definitely get the sense that um, everybody's just a really, you know, a really uh, accomplished musician here. It's not uh you know, they're, they're definitely for real. Um, and I love once those layered vocals kick in, I'm like, yeah, man, like that. I love that. Cause it just, it's such a throwback to the eighties to me. And I, and I mean that in the best of ways. Um, so yeah, this is, it, it's, um, it's got a, a really just mid tempo in ways. It reminded me a little bit of like Scraggy's tune by sabotage, huh. just because it was just, it just had that very deliberate, uh, pace to it. Um, but uh, just, a, yeah, really cool song. I, I like this one, and I thought it was a really cool way to, to start uh, the album off. And, and for fans of the band, I think that they would probably readily acknowledge that this is a really stripped-down version of the band because the other member, Paul Taylor, had left after the tour for the last album. So, like, 
this is a three piece kind of putting this out, you know, kind of a lot of them are pulling double duty in terms of the instruments and whatnot. Um, but despite the, 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 you know, less money going into the production and everything else, it still sounds quite good. And it holds up very well for an album that's 30 years old. Um, and I'm not sure there's a better example of that than Downing Incognito, which is the second track. And I'll say that this is not my favorite track on the album, but it has this really interesting harmonica intro. And I have to steal something from you because you you were the one that pointed this out to me vis-a-vis Kelly of all people. This track has Aerosmith vibes on it, like through and through. Like I hear Aerosmith on this track and I, I really want to thank you for pointing it out. But you got this harmonica that starts it out. And then all of a sudden these bass lines that come out during the verses, which are really, really um, – well thought out and fit very well with the acoustic guitar. Um, really interesting to me. Um, the choruses are good enough. Not not my favorite on the album, but I think the bridge of, of all things really stand out. But I, I say that to say the production on this album is really, really good. And although this is not my favorite track, I do think that it's exceptionally well mixed. I noticed that today, uh, today was the first day or the first time I listened to the album uh, with headphones on and it was very apparent to me uh, Im- immediately how um, how crisp and how just everything just sounded just so really professionally done and like we like you said or we've talked about in the past like early 90s is no guarantee that you're gonna get a really great mix on, on things I mean even some like really uh, you know, well-produced or at least like, you know, financially backed bands have made some dud mixes before. Um, it's not, it's not a, uh, you know, a, a, a guarantee. And uh, I, this is a, I think a really good um, example of that. Uh, I, I believe I was um, doing some uh, edging or, or uh, just blowing some leaves off the, the driveway today while I was listening to this, but it, it really has a, a neat, um, obviously once the harmonica jumps in there, you, you, you think about Aerosmith. Um, cause it was funny. Uh, like you'd mentioned, I, I was listening to this album the other day and my girlfriend walked in and asked me if I was listening to Aerosmith, which I g- gave me a laugh. Um, probably the closest she's ever been to <laughs> actually naming the band correctly. Uh, a lot of times it's just, um, a lot of death metal vocals or she just comes in scowls and says, Justin made you listen to this, didn't he? Um, <laughs> and, and in most cases she's right. Um, but uh, yeah, was this like, do you happen to know which of these songs uh, would have been like radio songs or like MTV videos? Cause this really gives me like uh, a, a, a really radio vibe. I feel like this would have been a, a cool song or just something that, um, I mean, granted it wouldn't have, probably fit in in between stone temple pilots and red hot chili peppers <laughs> but um it, it definitely has kind of a, a catchiness to it and um so they I, don't did, know. If, uh, I actually do they made four promo videos for the album now i'm not sure which of these ever made air but they made four videos and and you hit the nail on the head down incognito was one of them spell i'm under in my veins and who's the one round out the four I don't know how much airplay they had, though. I mean, short of being on Beavis and Butthead, right? Like, I just don't know if they ever, you know, I mean, whenever you turned on MTV at that point, if if they were playing rock music, you were seeing the Jeremy video or you were seeing something, you know, you were seeing Smells Like Teen Spirit. I don't know 
that they were getting on. And if I'm not mistaken, this was the tail end of Headbangers Ball. Again, I have my, made my dates confused. But short of that, I, I don't know that they were getting a ton of MTV play. Well, uh, yeah, I mean that, that's fair. It just wasn't uh, it wasn't fitting in with what was being played. I mean, I watched uh, a lot of MTV in '94, and and you know, very rarely would a, a band sneak in. I, I remember once in a while you got like a Danzig video or something like you know something a little harder. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't like Aerosmith. Uh, or, you know, Guns N' Roses had kind of come and gone at that point. You know, uh, the Use Your Illusion albums, I think, had already come out. I, I remember some, maybe something from Lies or Spaghetti Incident might have uh, snuck through. And, like, it's kind of weird to think that that was, like, the twilight years of Guns N' Roses. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I remember there being, you know, a little bit of uh, hard rock that would, would pepper its way through. But yeah, like you said, you, you get more of that stuff up by watching Beavis and Butthead when they would watch music videos and you'd, you'd catch them, you know, watching the Halloween Halloween video, or um, I did think Manowar, I want to say throw your, or throw your sneakers. I was using the fake <laughs> title. The Blow Your Speakers was on Beavis and Butthead at some point. I'd be shocked if there wasn't a, uh, a winger video at some point, but um you know, you'd you'd have to like actually watch Beavis and Butthead to get your metal video fix, and half the time they would be making fun of it. So I don't know how enjoyable that would have been. Yeah, well, well said, well said. Um, but your thoughts on the track itself? Did I mean, did you like this one, or does it hold up as well as, as um, Blind Revolution? I, I like this one quite a bit. This one's a little bit more. Um chill like those first two tracks definitely have like a definitely a mid-tempo thing going on this one um is has kind of that you know late 80s power ballad kind of vibe to it um i I like this one too again like those layered vocals that remind me of just that time um and i like that they kept that uh part of it because i don't feel like a ton the, the a ton of other stuff is really glam rock or glam metal or hair metal-esque i think just that part is and that and that's just enough to kind of work as a throwback without um you know giving up the the ultimate goal which was i think to make a more serious and more like just a a a real proggy kind of hard rock album so yeah i like this one um I, i i i i spoke so much about MTV I can't remember if you actually said anything about it so oh no I I, I don't like the track I just I, I did but I don't like the track as much as I did the first album or the okay. first track I don't like it as much as the next track spell I'm under which was ironically the only song that Kip winger wrote without Red Beach you know they kind of collaborated on on the bulk of these tracks but spell I'm under the the Kip winger solo track, Another favorite of mine. I thought. This okay, track- this is this is a song I was talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I very good. Then this one has that real ballady feel. But and but what I love about it are and, and I'm going to say this as a compliment. Winger's vocals are like these whiny vocals, like but like in the best way possible. And I think it actually lends itself really well to the track. Um, and, and to your point, I think that this harkens back to a few years earlier. And I could have probably seen this on one of those other albums. Um, really just a power ballad with a, a really soulful guitar solo that reminded me of something that Steve Vai would have done. And I like that a lot. This was a really good track for me. Not my song of the week, but probably in the top four, three or four songs on the album. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I, I, like I said earlier, like I, I enjoyed it and really, 
I think I felt like of probably of all the tracks, this one made me feel close. It felt closest to the 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 late eighties kind of era, but um, I, I thought it was uh, a, a cool tune, and and I I enjoyed it. To me, like to me, like saying that a band sounds like a glam metal band or a hair metal band is 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 a compliment. Because well, I actually, I'm not insulting them when I say no, that. I know you're not. I'm just saying like there's some people that when they say it, they're saying it in, in a negative connotation and for me it's just like that I like that kind of stuff so that's never going to be negative to me so to me I just use it as an adjective more than anything else sure. um you know, you know we get to the fourth track in my veins which is the shortest track on the album it's just over three minutes and change um this one is a little more in your face after after a brief intro and and I'm glad you mentioned Guns N' Roses earlier because I actually hear a Guns N' Roses quality to this song, but it's Guns N' Roses with like a bit of a dance-like quality just in terms of the way that the, the song moves along. Um, and ironically, I think Winger actually, Kip Winger sounds like Axl Rose in spots on this one. Um, I thought the instrumental section really stood out and, and I love the guitar solo over Morgenstein's drumming. I think that that was a nice touch surprisingly complex especially during that section and and again i guess that's where the prog influences are kind of coming out this was a surprisingly short but digestible tune that i that i liked quite a bit uh again uh well said better than i probably could have put it um <laughs> i tell me if you uh, were getting a vibe on some of these songs at least from a lyrical standpoint that um this one in particular kind of uh did it feel like they were singing about drugs? Like I, I was getting kind of like a, a vibe on some of these tracks, like, uh, you know, junkyard dog would be another one that we'll talk about. Absolutely. Next. Yeah. Like there, there seems to be, um, you know, you know, according there, there's according to Wikipedia, like there's some sociopolitical, uh, you know, content on some of these tracks, but I feel like on also some of them, there's definitely like, um, they're, you know, it's not overt, but uh, it, it's uh, it, it makes me think. I mean, in my veins, I guess is fairly overt if if that's what they're referring to. But I did get uh, kind of an idea, a sense that maybe like there was that was a, a prevailing uh, theme on some of these tracks. I I would agree with that. I think that um, you know, sign of the times, really. I guess it's not too surprising. Also, sign of rock music, right? Like. It is what it is. Um, but I, I definitely caught that as well. I don't know if it was intentional or just, uh, you know, subtle nods in certain spots. Yeah, I mean, need your trash in my veins, make it last for days. <laughs> it's. I don't know. think they were talking or talking about COVID shots in '93. So I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with your with your guess. Um, but you know, you, you mentioned junkyard dog earlier. Tears on stone. Um, somehow I don't think this was an ode to Sylvester Ritter, but maybe you can correct me. But t talk to me about this track. What did you think about this one? And I, and I bring it up because this is the, you know, In My Veins was rather, rather short. This one's almost seven minutes long, which is like unheard of for a band of this ilk just a few years prior. Uh, thump is just all <laughs> I have to say. Um, I, I, I like this one too. Um, definitely... You know, if you played this song for me and told me it was Winger out of the blue, I would have been like, holy shit, really? Like, um, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words. Um, this was, uh, I, I don't know. 
Rich said that this was his song of the week, and he said, obviously. Um, obviously. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's because it's like they're the most well-known song or, or if it's, it's considered to be the best song on the album. Um, Cause I have some strong thoughts. I'm going to let if, if I may. Yeah. I think that this is definitely more of a metal tune than some of the other ones. And immediately when that riff kicks in, I hear docking or rat, but like the early stuff, which was like less glammy and more like straight up heavy metal, if you will. Um, but it also has a progginess to it. And, no portion of this song really sounds alike. Like the chorus sounds nothing like the verses sounds nothing like anything else. Um, it's a bit all over the place. It kind of works though. It's just not my favorite song. And, and it's interesting that he would say it was obvious as his favorite song, because there was another one that comes later, which was obvious to me that it would be my favorite song. And I'm wondering how um, rich and others will take that when we get there. But to me, this was like, a really experimental track. It just happened to have elements of things that I happen to like. It's just, when you put it all together, I'm like, I don't know, maybe I need to listen to it more, but like it was all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like the, the chorus was, um, you know, pretty paint by numbers, I, I guess. Uh, sure. but it, it definitely was, I think the most, um, you know, uh, <sighs> words are escaping me. Um, just, but just like, um, ambitious maybe of all the songs on the album because like you said there's a a lot of you know different styles that are being implemented here um but uh it's 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 definitely interesting i i agree though it's definitely not my favorite um i i liked it uh you know i liked it enough but um i'd say pretty i think i liked all the previous songs just as a touch more um up to this point I think that's fair. Although I do think it's an interesting way to kind of end side A with this like epic track. And then they, you know, they kind of go into side B with the lucky one, which was an interesting way to start side B because it's really just another, a ballad with, you know, acoustic guitars. And it, interestingly though, is even though it's like a ballad through and through, it, it has this beautiful chorus, very emotional, great vocals. And I have a feeling it's going to be an epic song live. Like I have a feeling that this one is just going to really pop, especially on the heels of Junkyard Dog, which sounds nothing like it. Um, it's It's got such an infectious melody to it. I think that this is the one I'll be singing along to. And ironically, I think it's got a bit of a Bon Jovi vibe to it. Like I every time I heard this, I thought of like, you know, late 80s Bon Jovi. Um, and, and I think that if this song had come out in 1988 when the debut, you know, hit five years earlier, I think that this would have been a monster hit. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I love the um, the tone of the acoustic guitars on this song. I just think it's just it has such a, a just like a such a clean and, and like rewarding kind of sound to it for whatever reason. It just it just feels nice uh, when you hear it like. It, the you know the drums are like perfectly mixed. This is a really just good sounding song. It, it reminded me a little bit of. It's kind of funny because we're talking about a band who was known for one thing, and they're trying to be, you know, maybe more pr- progressive. And it reminded me of. It reminds me of it when Dream Theater would try to be less progressive <laughs> on like on like a falling into infinity or whatever. And it or was like somewhere, thought or something like yeah, that. somewhere they like met in the middle. Uh, 
So I don't know why. Um, it just gave me a kind of a, a little bit of that um, kind of notion. But yeah, I like the song uh, quite a bit. Um, I, I really enjoyed the um, the slower kind of um, more power ballad kind of uh, vibey songs, uh, including the um, the finale. Who's the one along along with this and Spell Amanda? I, I thought they just um, have a really just a really like enjoyable, like just uh, easy to listen to kind of sound. And I, I can totally see that. I think that those will be some of the better live songs. I, I'm super curious about your thoughts on, on the next one, which is in for the kill. This one's a bit of a slow starter. And I, I don't say that in a bad way. It's just kind of slow um, and just kind of builds to this big chorus. It's, it's, Rather heavy. I think that like it's just like the low end on this thing is kind of punchy. And I'm more than anything, I'm curious to see if Kip Winger, after all these years, can hit some of these notes because some of the vocals on this song, In for the Kill, are just really, you know, kind of a stretch for a guy who's gotta be in his, you know, gotta be in his late fifties by now. And if if he's younger, I apologize. But like this is this is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting uh live tune for me. I just, for some reason, um, I think we got to take this down an octave. I just can't see him hitting some of these notes. But uh, the low end, specifically on this tune, really, the bass lines here, and this is only the second time that I'm mentioning the bass lines, but they pop on here as well. My only knock is that it's slightly repetitive, but otherwise a pretty decent song. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I I wonder if the uh, rest of the band does, you know, like you had mentioned before, if they are all like kind of harmonizing on some of these, because uh, I feel like some of the like a lot of the draw to an album like this is just these really awesome, you know, gr- like I'm sure in the recording studio it's probably just Kip Kip's vocals layered, but uh, if the rest of the band kind of helps out because I think it adds such a a nice layer uh, to the whole you know, the whole uh, atmosphere and presentation. And I think... Um, and my understanding is, is they do. I, and that's, that's why I'm so excited to see that's, this live. That's really cool. Maybe Beast and Black should have called them. But um, <laughs> <laughs> this song in particular, and it's interesting because I was reading that um, Mike Shipley, who um, worked with Def Leppard on uh, Adrenalize, uh, helped Kip uh, produce this album. And, and I always think, for whatever reason, I always think of... Uh, Def Leppard, when I hear those, those, you know, just 80s style layered vocals, I think they have such a cool sound to them. And, and, uh, I don't know if that he had any influence there, uh, when it comes to this album, but, um, this is another one too. Like, I feel like in general, the, the, the main pace of the songs is kind of right, right with this song, just, uh, pretty much mid tempo. You have like a couple of slower songs and a couple of faster songs, but I feel like most of the songs kind of land right here as far as um the speed goes and you know it just it works um so yeah not my favorite song but uh, but solid despite the proggy tendencies on on this album i agree with you that pacing wise most of the album is in that same general you know pace if you if you will for lack of a better word um so i, I agree with that talk to me about no man's land Track eight. I'm curious about your thoughts on this one as well. Uh, you know, as I am with all the tracks, but talk to me about No Man's Land. This is more, again, another track that's just about three minutes and, you know, 17 seconds, another shorter tune. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like it, it picks up a little bit, or at least it has a little bit more of a punch to it than the previous track. Um, again, you know, utilizes those layered vocals to, uh, you know, great effect in, in my opinion. I think it's a little bit, um, it's a little catchier than the, the previous song in For the Kill. Um, it just has like a really nice kind of, uh, chug to it, like a mid-tempo chug, as, as we like to say. Um, I thought it was uh, a solid tune. It, it, I think, again, um, the lyrics, again, got me thinking about, like, drug using, um, you know, like, you know, too young to die and all that. Um, but, uh, well, I'm getting the sense that this might be your song of the week. The first time I heard it, I didn't think much of it. But the second time I heard it, I was actually like, I fell in love with this song and it got stuck in my head. And with each subsequent listen, I was like, this is just an infectious, infectious chorus. And uh, if for no other reason, will I be watching their set than to see this song? I think it's going to be great live. Um, let's give it a listen because I have some more thoughts, but I'll, I'll share them with you uh, in just a little bit. Here's No Man's Land from Winger. I, I fell in love with this tune, as I said, by the end. I love the guitar solos. I love the backing vocals. I think the riff that permeates this thing is great. And although it's not a proggy tune, which is usually where I kind of lean, I just found this to be the most metal song on the album, a touch faster, which distinguished it from some of the other tunes. Again, within that same sweet spot, but not, you know, but definitely on the faster end. Um I just it just hit all the buttons for me. I, I like this tune a lot, and um, I really do sincerely look forward to seeing this song live. Yeah, uh, you know, I, maybe I don't know. I think I might have jumped the gun on the the drug thing. I think it's it's just like kind of more of a general like somebody living fast. Uh, like the lyric "too fast to live, too young to die" made me laugh because I was like I said earlier doing yard work, and I was like, you know, too too. Uh, too young to hire somebody else to do the yard work, but, um, you know, too, too old to be enjoying it. I don't know. Like that's kind of how I, I, I was uh, thinking of it, but, um, solid choice. I, I, I really struggled with, um, I found like most of the songs really, uh, were all kind of on the same level for me. So I, I, as many times as I listened to it, I just, there wasn't one that just really was an obvious one that sticks out as, it tends to do um so and that's in uh, terms of appeal but i think you'd agree that every song sounds quite different from the rest 
Oh, without a doubt. I just mean personally, sure. you know, there's always one that kind of pulls away from the station as the, uh, as the saying goes. Um, in this case, I felt like the whole album was, uh, really solid, but, um, there wasn't just one that like obvious choice for me. So, uh, um, talk to me about, uh, like a ritual. This was interesting too, because this one was like no fluff, no frills. They get right into it. Kind of a cool riff. Um, but what's interesting about this track is, ironically, after a killer instrumental section where they kind of change keys a little bit, and you almost, for a second, think it's a different song. Um, not my favorite tune, but instead of having this long, drawn-out intro, they have like a two-minute drum solo at the end for no apparent reason. But <laughs> what it does do is it shows off Morgenstein's ability as as a drummer because it's a really good gr- drum solo. I don't care for the song, but I think the solo is like a nice touch. I just, I don't understand it, but I appreciate what they're trying to do. And certainly it it gives Rod a, a chance to show off a little bit and he does it well. It's just an interesting composition more than anything else. Um, I, I trust of the, the, the two remaining tracks. It is not your song of the week either. Uh, no, it, it, it's, uh, it, but it's solid. Uh, again, another song I, I enjoyed, um, I thought it was one of the more uh, more metally songs. I think, especially the chorus, that felt very metal, very throw your horns in the air kind of uh, vibe. But um, yeah, uh, just another really uh, solid uh, solid tune. And yeah, the, the 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 long drum outro I thought was really kind of uh, interesting. Yes, you you weren't hearing that on on. Um... Never mind. You know, like I'm saying, when you're listening to uh, Come As You Are, for some reason, uh, Dave Grohl didn't have a two-minute drum solo at the Green, end. Green Day had songs that were shorter than this, this outro. <laughs> that's, so. that's, that, is, that is absolutely correct. Um, and that brings us to the last one called Who's the One, which I'm reading the tea leaves here. I think this is going to be your song of the week, and I, I can certainly understand why. Um, this, to me, another callback to the glory years – um, but would never have been a radio hit. Just an easy listen, a great ballad. And without stealing the thunder, I actually hear a bit of Tesla on this track. So it reminded me of when we covered Tesla. Thanks, Dale. I hope you're listening. Um, but that was another one where this this track could have easily fit on that type of an album. Not just the guitar work, but the the layered vocals and, and the backing vocals as well. Very cool tune. And, and to the extent that you're not going back and really tricking me, I think it's a very good choice for song of the week. Yeah. Um, I just thought that it really, um, it, it, every time I listen to the album as, uh, after the first time, I just, it, to me, like really, um, put that, that final period at the end of the sentence, so to speak. Like I thought it was just a really great choice to kind of end things off with like this really kind of mellow, um, almost kind of like a, um, I don't know. I get a little bit of like a, a Bon Jovi, like, um, uh, I don't know if it's wanted dead or alive or blaze of glory or something, maybe more wanted dead or alive. It like, just- And it is because I actually think of that myself when I hear it. So I think that that has to be it. Um, if we're hearing the same thing, I, I yeah, agree with that. Just like maybe a little less or, you know, a little less, uh, heavy or, or whatever it's 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 more it's just more of like a, a really nice uh acoustic just 
rock ballad. I just, I just really enjoyed this song quite a bit. And, and it, it's, uh, I thought it ended the album really well. I loved, I really love how this album starts and how it finishes. I'd say probably the, my favorite, um, of the harder songs is that first track blind revolution mad. Um, but I wasn't ready to make a choice at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> so I'm going to go with this, but I, I really, really like the, 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 the way this, the album begins and the way the album ends. I think that that's always cool when a band can kind of, uh, really peak on the in and peak on the out. So, um, I guess we'll, uh, give it a listen and, and then we'll wrap things up. So here's, uh, who's the one, uh, by winger from pull. Interesting, uh, interesting choice. Um, it's funny because unlike the uh, the cream inside the cookie, this one you actually like the cookies. I guess uh, it's that the cookies taste even better than the cream, at least a little bit, because they both of those tracks stood out to you. Um, but yeah, th- I think that puts a bow on it. That's that's pull by Winger. Um, this is where I typically pitch to you when I say, you know, I, you know, scale of one to ten, what are you giving this? And I, I, I am asking that question, but I have two questions for you. Number one. What are you giving this on a scale of one to 10? And number two, are you watching this set live? Like, is there enough here? Is there enough meat on the bone that you like that this has become a can't miss set for you next September? Uh, I, I am going to give this a seven. Um, I thought it was a very solid album. Like I said, nothing really pulled ahead of the rest, um, which I think kind of knocked it a few points. And I, don't think I liked it as much as T-Ride, just by a smidge. It's a smidge underneath. I gave T-Ride a uh, 7.25 um, again, and, you know, I point this out, like, I have no nostalgia for this album. I literally listened to it for the first time this week, and so uh, in a year, I might be more excited about it. I wouldn't call it a must-see set for me personally, but I also wouldn't miss it because I think that it's going to be a really unique atmosphere and a really cool, uh, just experience. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at for now, but we still have a a whole other year to prepare for it. So I, I definitely plan on, uh, coming back to this and, and I don't know, maybe, uh, I will more affinity will grow, uh, you know, in, in the next year. Um, but, uh, you know, the, to the people that are like, in a, in an uproar and a panic about a, a band that to them is the, you know an 80s hair metal band you know maybe 
give the album a listen before you make judgment because it's not, I don't think what you think it is. And, um, I I don't know, like to me, it's like that people will focus on one thing that they find negative. You know, we talked about, um, you know, prog power in full, uh, in a bonus episode for, for Patreon. And we kind of like ranked how excited we were. And, at the end of the day, there was a, there were a couple of bands that I wasn't super excited about seeing at Prog Power this year, but I didn't choose to go on social media and focus on those bands. You know, there's there's so much to be excited about. If you don't like something, then you don't. It's one set. There's going to be a burger, man. Like this, yeah. There's like twenty three bands are going to be playing at this festival, and if you've seen the lineup, and we went over it last week there's gotta be at least a handful of bands that are for you. And if not, then don't come like the, 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 trust me, Glenn is not worried about this thing selling out because chances are, it's going to sell out in less than a day. Like it usually does. So, you know, it's just that kind of stuff just does. I don't know. I'm getting to a point where it's like, there's, there's always going to be at least a handful of bands that at least for me, like I am just not that interested in, but I'm not going to, focus on that when there's so much more positive stuff that you know i was you know i am looking forward to Uh, but just as far as this album goes um i think that uh i think that after 20 years glenn knows what he's doing and um and and honestly even if he's just booking this for his for his own jollies (laughs) good for him i mean if you were if you were in his shoes you'd probably do the same shit so uh i i you know, I, 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 Glenn kind of, uh, felt the need to basically like retort, uh, based on a lot of the the negativity he was hearing. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to repeat everything that he said. I, I personally good for him for saying it, but I think it was unnecessary. Like with his track record, like he shouldn't have to make like, I wouldn't say excuses, but just try to have to explain himself for why he booked a band. Like, uh, you know, I, I guess if he felt like that was something that he should do, that's fine. But like, please, it, it's, it, he's been doing this for forever. The, this, the vessels sold out every year for, since John Oliva played streets. And I can't even remember what year that was because it was that long ago. Um, I think the man knows what he's doing, and and again, like if you if it's if it's one band that you don't give a shit about, there's plenty of other stuff to be excited about, and uh, it's just I, I just I never understand why people just like thrive on on uh, just focusing on on the the negative. Like if there like ten good things happen, and then if one bad thing happens, they don't mention any of the ten good things. It's the one bad thing that they have to harp on. So like. I mean, Elegy's you know? playing, so that's all I'm going to say about yeah, that. Yeah, for fuck's sake, of course. Like, there's uh, Love Bites and Frozen Crown for me. Like, there's there's so much, uh, you know, Angra, Circus Maximus. Like, you know, that that's it's wild. There's there's just uh, so many. And there's still two, two bands left or three bands left to be announced. So, man, I don't know. I just think some people just can't be. They're just incapable of being happy. And, and to them, I say that, you know, I'm sorry. I feel sorry for you. But, like... It's one band. I, trust me when I tell you there have been headliners at Prague Power that I have had not a lot of interest in and remain not interested in 
during their set, whether I saw it or not, and and after. Um, and I'm not going to name names. It's unnecessary. Uh, you know, if you're curious, you can ask me after we sign off. But uh, I don't know. I, I didn't mean to get into, like, a rant, but, like, this is not that big of a deal, and this is not really that outside of what has been played at this festival in the past. This is not super out there this is not uh you know them booking yanni or kenny g like it's it's a it's a metal band it's just they had a history of being a a hair metal band for what two years i mean their first album came out in 88 it's not like they were like around for the whole 80s so like all right everybody just calm down and that's that's pretty much all i'm gonna say about that scale one to ten what do you give this one (laughs) well that's a hell of a transition um I don't even know what to say after that. No, uh, kidding aside, my score is actually the same as yours. I was at a seven. Um, the first listen, I don't know that I was there, but I definitely got there. I, I'm going to sprinkle this in over the next 11 or so months just because I want to keep listening to it and keep it fresh. Um, I, I don't think that there's a bad song on the album. I don't think that it bloom knocked my socks off, but it's just a solid release. And for somebody with no no expectations – I enjoyed it. So like to that end, uh, I, I, I will make a point to watch this set because like I said, the songs that I want to hear are probably going to be buried right in the middle of the set because I do think the first song on the album and some of those tracks, seven, eight, nine, you know, like deeper into the album, great stuff. I want to hear them. So um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be watching the set. I'll enjoy it. And uh, if it's not for you, I'll see you at Elegy or Damian Wilson, where I will not be missing a note of those sets either. So, like, just enjoy it for what it is. And if there's bands you don't want to see, like, I don't know that you're going to love Disillusion. I really don't. And you know what? Good for you. Go to the Vortex. Have a burger. My treat. Like, it is what it is. Like, just enjoy yourself. It's not that big of a deal. Yep. Uh, well said. I, I mean, I, I would think that when this album came out, if if you were just a fan of metal, this must have been a breath of fresh air in 1993 to hear an album like this when you're being, you know, deluged uh, with, you know, the, your, your Red Hot Chili Peppers and your Stone Temple Pilots, which, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say they were not, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of those bands and, and still still am. At that time, that was my formative, you know, radio years was that was the grunge years. Um but if you know if you're a bit older than we are, that was probably hearing an album like this was probably a, a breath of fresh air. I imagine that's why you know Rich had fond memories of it, and I assume I assume Glenn was a big fan uh, in order to request you know this album to be played. Uh, I'm assuming it was his idea. Uh, he can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, yeah, I, I see absolutely nothing wrong with this being a part of of prog power and and uh, i look forward to, to seeing how it comes across i think it'll be a lot of fun very well said um moving on to a couple of news items before i give you my album for next week uh not sure if you heard the new dragon force single they released a standalone single called doomsday party uh in advance of their upcoming tour which quite frankly, looks really, really interesting. I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago. They're going out with Amaranth, uh, Nano War of Steel, and Edge of Paradise. But this new single doesn't really sound much like Dragon Force. And, and if you haven't heard it, it actually gave me strong Beast in Black vibes. Um, they slowed it down a little bit. They, they were definitely going for something a little catchier, and it's got that 80s party feel to it. Kind of an interesting song. I, I'm not sure that I've formed an opinion about it yet, but it was certainly interesting. So... 
uh, new Dragon Force to check out. Worth worth mentioning. Uh, and also, Isan made a point to say that it doesn't look like there's going to be new Emperor music anytime soon, despite the successful tour, um, despite multiple conversations um, with guitar player Samoth. It doesn't look like they'll be putting out new material, but he said never say never. So I feel like he's saying no until it actually comes out. So I, I don't know. Just my, my opinion on that. Um, that being said, that brings us to next week. And, and just to kind of set the table, we have our choice or our, 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 our Patreon selection for the beginning of October. You're going to choose an album after that. And then we have a little bit of a surprise the following week. So as a result of, of the schedule kind of being booked, this was going to be my first and only choice for September and then going into um, the months ahead or at least going into the middle of October. So I wanted to do something, a bit of a vanity project for myself in many ways, but it is timely because this band has released two new singles uh, within the last few months and both of them have been pretty good, uh, although admittedly not as good as the album we're going to do next week in my opinion. And I have some strong thoughts about this band, about their discography, uh, both ups and downs, but I'm picking one of the ones that I happen to like quite a bit. Again, just an excuse to listen to it. The band is Mercenary. The album is The Hours That Remain, and we haven't done a melodic death metal album in a while. Um, I'm not going to share my complete thoughts on this album for obvious reasons, but I really, really look forward to hearing your thoughts, and I, all I can say is give this one at least a half dozen spins. That's all I'm going to say. Give it some time and let's see where it goes. Well, I think we both know that uh, my tolerance for this type of music has definitely increased uh, over the years uh, to the point where I actually enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, my knowledge of Mercenary is not uh, not as, as, as deep as I'd like it to be, so this should probably help. Um, man, I'm, I'm like looking through our... Uh, I'm looking through our, our list of, of and the the last time that you gave me an album that I that that wasn't a mystery album was Emperor in, in at the end of June. So like this is crazy that it's been almost three months since like we just have done so much stuff a little bit outside the box and we have you know we had the Prague Power episode last week and we have our our uh, you know request coming up a request episode coming up in. October and we have something else special planned in October. Um, so uh, I, I was like kind of on the, the edge of my seat there waiting to see what uh, you were going to come up with. So that that's a cool, uh, a cool choice. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw somebody wearing a mercenary shirt at Prague power. Um, so the band was kind of like fresh in my mind. I remember, um, I remember you telling me about them when 11 dreams came out. I believe that was their debut album. And it wasn't um, their debut, but it was kind of one of the albums that put them on the map. It was actually the one that came out directly before this one. Okay. Um, and I have a lot of thoughts about that album. And to be honest with you, it's an album I want to cover. So I'll touch upon it, but I'm not going to go do a deep dive on it because I think that that deserves a standalone episode. But this was the follow-up release um, that came out a few years after. Okay, and so when the band played at Prague Power, this album had already been released. So they played at Prague Power twice. Oh, okay. And the first time they played was on the Eleven Dreams tour. The second time they played was on this tour, and I'll leave cool. it there for now. Awesome. Yeah, uh, those were uh, during the 
the dark years, as I call them, <laughs> which is when I was uh, not attending the festival. Uh, My hope. Kind, of sho- kind of shocking as such a fanboy I've become that there was a period of time where I was just not going. My hope is that after this next week, you kick yourself in the ass for missing those shows. But well, again, not- I mean, I already do. And, and I, I feel like it's only going to be, uh, it's only, this is only going to make it worse. Um, I, I do have the, uh, the DVD uh, from when they played at Prague power seven that has uh, lost reality and 11 dreams on it. So I have seen those performances and boy, I do miss those Prague power DVDs. Those were a real blast. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a cool choice, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, discussing it, and uh, I'll be I'll be ready. I, uh, I appreciate that. I think that um, I think it's a little more accessible than, uh, than an emperor just because of the word melodic, which is in the, in the genre. According po- to my iTunes, I last listened to this album in full on August 18th, 2020. So it's okay. been... Been three been years, while. but uh, but you've. Heard and I'm it. sure it was at your behest. <laughs> I probably, I, I think you know honestly, I think that was before the podcast when we were just saying you got to listen to this, and we can't leave the house, so we may as well just tell each other what to listen to. It was literally two months before the podcast began, so there you and go. And I've been wanting to choose this for 172 episodes now, <laughs> whatever it is. So I waited three years, but I wait no more. It's been a while for me to pick an album, so I'm I'm, I'm striking while the iron is hot. To those that are supporting the podcast, we thank you. Please tell a friend. Uh, that goes a long way. Obviously, a, a like and a follow as well. And consider joining our Patreon. Um, it certainly helps support the show more than you could, would ever know. So we, we appreciate that. It also gives you exclusive content that will not be available on the main feed. So we encourage you to take a look at that. The links are below so you can check that out. Um, Chris, I can't believe we did an hour and 20 minutes on Winger, but alas, here we are. Um, on to Mercenary. We go, we go to Denmark in 2006 next week. Uh, enjoy the week, my friend. I will talk to you soon. I'm just excited for you to pick a Firehouse album one of these <laughs> one of these weeks. Not, not far off, my friend. Not far off. Take it easy, bud. Take care. <laughs>